The contrast between last Shabbat and this Shabbat is profound. Last Shabbat, in the morning at the 9-11 memorial, a site of religious extremism and fanaticism, trauma site. Religious figures gathered together around one very powerful but humble man, proclaiming the need for more healing, more love, more dialogue. Last week, at this time, I sat in front of the TV with my two little boys, Bear and Tal, and with my wife, Ariel. Tears streaming down my face as I watched Pope Francis kissing babies and people clamoring for presence with someone who was speaking in a new tone. Last week, at this time, we gathered here at Romamu for the first Shabbat after Yom Kippur. And if you remember, some of you who are here, I spoke about, about the difference between rain and dew, the to-do list. Yeah. Quoting a verse from the Parsha, Ha'azinu, Ya'arov kamatar likhi tizal katal imrati. That rain sometimes is lebracha, sometimes leklala, sometimes rain falls as a blessing, and sometimes not as a blessing. But the rabbis say, tal le'olam livracha, that tal do is always a blessing. It's tenderness, it's persistence, it's perseverance, it's drip, drip, drip. Reminds us that with a little bit of will and a little bit of stick to we can bore a hole in any rock, outside, inside, in the heart, in the mind. We spoke about rain. Last week, at this time, from this pulpit stood the father of a Palestinian 10-year-old girl who had been killed in the conflict, and next to him, a woman who had lost her son, David, in the Israeli army to the conflict in that region last week seems so long ago. And yet we've gathered here again a week from that moment during the intensity of the holiest, maybe say the most joy-filled holiday on the Jewish calendar. Only one other holiday has joy associated with it, and it's not nearly as distinctive or essential to the nature of the holiday. Visamachta bechagecha, and you shall be joyous, glad, happy, exultant in this holiday is a quality of Sukkot, a holiday that is fundamentally about water and rain. A biblical holiday that was rooted in the sense that the vulnerability, the nakedness, of the land of Israel without its own water source, dependent as it was on the rains. This was the holiday of both harvest and potential disaster. It had great significance. And in fact, according to our rabbis, this holiday is the only holiday known by that one word, Chag. Throughout the rabbinic literature, the holiday is Sukkot, Hachag. One of the names of the holiday, 
that it is, right, in the Bible, one of the names for the holiday is Chag Ha'asif, the holiday of gathering, of la'asof, asifa means to bring in, to gather in. It's an asifa. And if you think about it, every single element of the holiday has to do with bringing disparate, fragmented pieces together into one place. Says the Torah, build a sukkah. And then invite guests, say the rabbis, make sure that you're not alone in the sukkah. Bring multiplicity into a place that can hold different pieces. Take a lulav, a palm frond. Take hadassim, myrtle branch. Take aravot, take willow branches. Bring them together in an aguda. Bring them together. Bring pieces together. That's sukkot, chag ha'asif. I was thinking very strongly about that word, asif, la'asof, to gather in. Because throughout the month that leads up to Sukkot, throughout the month that leads up to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we say Psalm 27 every day. And in that Psalm it says, Ki aviv imi azavuni, for my father and my mother have left. My father and mother have left. Vadunaya asfeni, but Compassion, the love of the infinite one, Ya'asfeni, gathers me in. Couldn't help but think about Rabbi Eitam Henkin and his wife Naama Henkin, who were heinously murdered yesterday in the West Bank. Henkin. The grandson of Rabbi Yehuda Henkin, one of the most important and foremost poskim in the modern Orthodox world, a legal advisor, a legal halachic decisor. Couldn't help but think about that line of, Ki aviv imui azavuni feni, for my parents have been taken, but who will gather me in? The compassionate one will gather me in Yasfeni, Chaga Asif, six orphans now, suffering the anguish and the agony, the pain of hatred, the pain of violence. And yet here we are in the most joyous holiday of the year. So Chaga Asif. The sukkah comes after Yom Kippur because the sukkah tells each and every one of us that after Yom Kippur, after the slate is clean and purity has been achieved, after we've contemplated our death and we think we've started from scratch, you would imagine that the sukkah right, would be anticlimactic. You reach the height on Yom Kippur, you say, Adonai hu Elohim, God is God. We say there is truth, Udvarcha emet v'kayam la'ad. It's all about truth. And then four days later, we have this, this love shack, this shack of vulnerability, this hut that is made of nothing. And we're told to go out into it. We're supposed to gather ourselves and gather things together as if to say, this ingathering is part of the process of living in the world in the aftermath of Yom Kippur, in the aftermath of that purity. The world is messy. It is full 
of half-truths, baked truths, quarter-truths, fractures, fragments. It is full of perspectives. Each and every one of them is partial. And the ingathering of the sukkah is, can you hold all of those things in a world where you don't have time for every season under the sun? There isn't a season to love and a season to hate. They happen together. There isn't a season of clarity and a season of confusion. They happen together. There isn't a season of joy and a season of grief. They happen together. There isn't one side to a conflict. There are two sides to every conflict. There is pain. There is anger. There is rage. And underneath almost all of it, there is sadness and tears. And the Sukkah tells us that the open place in which we live as we walk into that Sukkah, opening ourselves to the vulnerability of the elements, opening ourselves to being unprotected as we feel protected simultaneously, is that even when the sukkah doesn't work, we have to go back to the sukkah. Even when we don't feel ingathered, we have to ingather again. The sukkah, in my apartment building, we have a little courtyard, which is kind of like a sukkah depot. It's kind of a sukkah area behind a restaurant where three big sukkot have been placed in the noise of the refrigeration of a restaurant. And there, in the urban center, of, we have these, these huts these vulnerability shacks. And with the winds and the rains that were coming, I went down with my, and I, I put a tarp over the top of the sukkah to make sure that the inside would be, would be fine after the rains came. But I, I didn't think it through, and this is not my area of expertise. I don't think these things through. And so the rains came. And in, it's true, the sukkah was, was protected from the rains by the tarp that I threw over the top but I forgot to empty the tarp. And so the heaviness of the rains on the tarp crashed into the sukkah. And a friend of mine who has the other sukkah said, I don't know if you've seen your sukkah in the last two days, but it's, it's destroyed. <laughs> so I went down with my, my, my two boys, I went downstairs to the, to the courtyard, and sure enough, like, the thing that was trying to protect my sukkah destroyed my sukkah. The thing that I used to protect my vulnerable space became too heavy. I didn't empty it out. It gathered water. And that water that was captured and protected my vulnerable little sukkah destroyed my vulnerable little sukkah. The things that we use over the course of the year to protect ourselves from the inevitable vulnerabilities and hurts that come with life. The unexpected moments when rain will fall, will it be for blessing? It's not always going to be due. Can we ingather again? Can we ingather again? Can we take the tarp off? Can we take it off? Okay, it's four days after Yom Kippur. We were on a high. The Pope was here. It was great. And then Oregon. And the cycle again. And then the Henkins 
Aleichem HaShalom. And so where are we going to go now? Are we going to go back to our little house? And say, so you see, it, it's always like this. I have a high moment on Yom Kippur. I see something. We had the Arab Spring. It didn't go as far as we wanted it to go. We had this move. It didn't go as far as we wanted it to go. It didn't go as far as we wanted it to go. We tried to protect ourselves. We put the tarp over, back to usual, back to our safety and security. And say, no, 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 no. That tarp is going to destroy your sukkah. You need to have a sukkah big enough to hold all of those contradictions. And we have to make sure we take the tarp off. We keep coming back. We keep ingathering. We keep ingathering. We keep ingathering. That's the work that Sukkot points towards. That's our work. It's clear as it is night. that the year is long and we've just begun, there will be, unfortunately, almost guaranteed rains that will be for blessing and rains that will be for curse. That's a given. How big is your sukkah? And what really keeps it protected? We keep pulling off the tarp, cleansing, Removing. This is the, um, the weekend in, in the Jewish calendar when we read from the book of Ecclesiastes that Rabbi Jessica just read a poem from Amichai about. And in essence, the book of um, Kohelet, Ecclesiastes, is a book about impermanence. It's about coming to terms with Hevel, which translates not as vanity but as breath is that which expires. Hevel havalima, kol hevel, right? Havel havalim, it all is breath. Right, it comes and it goes. Our work in this world of impermanence is to, is to be open. And when everything in us wants to close down again, we say, ki aviv imi azavuni vadunaya hasfeni. That in a world where I can't necessarily rely on every thing that I should be able to rely on, at the root, I will come back to love and compassion. For the sake of those six children, for the sake of all of the children in Israel, in the occupied territories, and wherever there are children who are the unfortunate, are unfortunately caught in the crosshairs of ideologies and small-mindedness, of intransigence, of a lack of vision, a lack of courage. For those children, and for all of them, we say we got a big sukkah, and we're gonna keep pulling the tarp off and coming back to hope, coming back to what could be. We're not gonna get stuck, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna let, we're not gonna let these incidents stop us from hoping and dreaming. We can hold all of that.